0: viewed from the modern man approach of clinical psychology and psychoanalysis. So have something nice to drink next to you, maybe a cup of tea, have a seat, or go out for a nice walk in nature maybe. Enjoy. In this episode that focuses on Ayurveda, I want to continue on this journey of When Ayurveda fails us. And today I want to speak about a topic that is very close to home for me because I have been precisely in the position of the subject of today. My apologies for interrupting the episode for just one minute. I want to let you know that even though the enrollment is now closed for Nourish Balance Thrive for this round, It is always open for the coming ones, so you can be on the wait list by simply sending me an email or contacting me on Instagram, you find all the details in the show notes of this episode. You can always, at any time, also get in touch with me for questions and more so for working with me privately one-on-one sessions, whether this is on a therapeutic level, from the clinical psychology perspective, or from the Ayurvedic perspective as well. Now back to the episode. Two weeks ago I spoke about when Ayurveda fails us as a typical Vata person with signs of Vata imbalance. And then they're jumping on to the trends, like we all do of course, of the latest news in health ways. And it doesn't work. It actually makes it even worse. And so today I wanted to bring up the same kind of scenario and that I've encountered then myself and people in that position. And that is when your typical pita dominant person is experiencing symptoms of Imbalance. So before we go into what they do, let's look at what these symptoms tend to be. We have to remember two things when it comes to pita-dominant people. Number one, they rely a lot on their metabolism. And what I mean by that is their capacity to take in and to treat and process and deal with things. Obviously, when we speak of metabolism, most of us think about eating and food. And that is, of course, the case, but not only. Because they will also rely on their capacity to take on things to do. Work, for instance. The second part to remember, which is very important, is that pita in the body is indeed metabolism, or our capacity to transform which also relates straight to the intellect. So, intellect is very much PETA related. Our intellect needs PETA in order to function. Therefore, PETA people tend to be counting, let's say, on their intellectual capacities very much. And these two things together, when out of balance, is really what we see in the world today, which has become very common, leading to burnout. The trust or the belief that we are capable to take on more and more and more and combined with the idea that we're capable, intelligent people that can do even more. So even just first there on an intellectual level, because that's where it begins. Imbalances start in the subtle energies. And once they've been in the subtle energies long enough, they begin to accumulate in the body. And this is where we find them, in the seat of the body, which is in the gut area. So for vata, for instance, this is the colon. Which is why I spoke about bloating, gas, constipation, these kind of things two weeks ago. And for PETA, we're more in the small intestines. Let's start again, come back to the subtle energies on the mental level. A PETA person that starts to be out of balance will therefore become more and more intensely focused on something. And this can be very much related to work, for instance, because as a society in general, let's say, but Pita people very much in particular as well, there is this belief that we define ourselves by what we do for a living. So when there's uncertainty around us, we tend to grasp and hold on to the one thing that seems stable and not changing, which would be usually then therefore maybe our work. This can look like someone who just absorbs themselves into work, buries themselves into that, especially if there are other things on the outside that might be uncomfortable to deal with. It's a little bit what we see in the workaholic, right? Now, as PETA begins to increase, accumulate in the body, this continues and it fires up Emotional sides as well, such as frustration and anger. Before it comes all the way into anger, it just becomes this intensity. So as we begin to notice that we're more and more intense, we are also therefore drawn more and more towards that intensity. You might remember that I've mentioned in the past that the Ayurvedic principle is like attracts like and opposites balance out. So as we increase our pitta, And the intensity of what we do and how we focus on our work, for instance, increases as well. We become more intense. Then we're drawn to that intensity. So this is also where we would see, and we can see this in certain professions. First thing that comes to mind is like the people working on Wall Street, right? Very intense, very PITA environment that will therefore then also be drawn to stimulants that will increase this intensity inside of them. Now, on your average Joe, this might just simply be the person who starts to drink coffee or to increase the uh, caffeine intake, for instance, or maybe coffee, cigarettes, and whatnot else. And then on the level, more of those kind of stockbrokers and Wall Street, as we can imagine, it's the whole um, idea of the... um, Uppers, right? Different kinds of drugs that people use to increase their capacity. Well, sort of the belief. But if I stay on a more common maybe ground, for those of you I imagine listening to this might not be the stockbrokers on Wall Street, that intensity, what that does to us as well, when it's taken to a certain extent, is that it will make you feel more heat in the body. Frustration and anger feels like heat. I think most of us can relate to that, relate to that. And this heat is calmed by things such as drinking alcohol, for instance, to wind down. Or, and this happens very much, snacking, beginning to eat things. Because actually, as we eat, we do that a bit to soothe ourselves. I've spoken about our relationship to food and eating in the past. You can go back and listen to those episodes if you haven't. But from a very early age, we are being soothed soothed by our caretakers with food. And so what I often see, see is not necessarily at this stage. is the person coming to see me when they've come to a certain point where they feel instead constantly hungry, right? so the intensity of the pita has increased over time, and they're starting to feel that they're eating a lot. And depending on where in life they're at, so when we're, let's say, somewhere from 30 years old and on, When we and we begin to eat more, our metabolism has slowly started to decrease, which means that we're not metabolizing the food as well. So what happens is that we begin to find it hard to actually use that energy that we've also eaten. And then that creates different kinds of disturbances in our gastric system. And this increased eating that might lead to, for instance, diarrhea even, especially if we're combining this with a a stimulant such as coffee and nicotine or whatever, creates the heat in the body that creates also a heightened state of inflammation. We always have a certain level of inflammation in the body and that it's actually necessary for us in order to be able to maintain health and to reduce toxins or eliminate them more. But this inflammation is increased by the fact that we keep aggravating our PETA. And so when we increase the inflammation, we increase also the stress hormones, trying to fight off the inflammation that's been increased, and it starts to affect our sleeping patterns. So if you can imagine the picture that I'm trying to paint you here of someone who's being very intense in all that they do. They're relying on their capacity to take on more and more because they used to be able to do that. And they're also relying on a sharp intelligence. They will increase everything that they do. They will push themselves further. They tend to be somewhat a little bit of perfectionists as well. And the more they do that the more they increase the stress hormone in the body and the inflammation, so they begin to heat up even more. They get frustrated and angry and they tend to turn that, first of all, to themselves and then to other people as well. And then they become annoyed with themselves because they feel as if they're not capable of doing what they used to be doing. Used to be able to. That perpetuates the state of frustration. The frustration. Sleep becomes poorer, lighter, and they'll probably feel depleted in the day, so they might even begin to re-increase the intake of caffeine, for instance, and sugar. Their metabolism is not as effective as they think, because they might be able to go to the bathroom every day, but they probably have somewhat of a loose stool. And they're slowly but surely beginning to dry out actually because they burn themselves out. The inflammation is increasing and they might begin to notice that they have a layer of fat around the belly. And so they take on the trends. And so some of the trends that they've seen is, for instance, intermittent fasting. And so... Because they have those high hunger levels, they find that really hard to imagine that they're going to do this intermittent fasting, but they're very determined and perfectionist, so they're going to force themselves to do it, which means that they'll probably take on some of the advice that they give in intermittent fasting of having some coffee. So they will increase the coffee intake and they will take away the milk or cream that they might have put in in the past. And then, of course, they will increase their exercise routine as well. Now, the exercise routine is going to make them even more hungry. And the intermittent fasting is going to make them even more angry. So all of this is increasing. They're reducing even more their eating window. They're being very careful in what they're eating. Uh, Probably cut out carbs altogether, maybe even going on that whole keto thing. And they're having a loose stool and they're not sleeping well and they're just really upset most of the time. And they're really doing all the wrong things when it comes to what a pita person actually needs. They're definitely not losing any weight. They might even feel as if they're really swollen. Now that increased heat as well. They might turn towards the hot and cold sauna, ice bath thing. Definitely have been there myself. And to a certain extent that can actually be quite beneficial for them. Especially the cold bath. But the issue with Peter is that their tendency is transformation, right? Their tendency is intensity. And so... They just go for more and more intense things, more and more extreme things. Whereas what they actually need to do is go in the complete opposite direction, which just feels so counterproductive, which just feels as if they're being lazy, which feels as if they're not controlling what's going on with their body. And that is exactly what they need to do. Fire is not known for being lazy or for being moderate or soft. And so when fire is too strong, as the saying goes in Ayurveda, we want to bring in the opposite qualities. So what they actually need to do, these people, is that number one, for a certain time, they will have to stop the exercising routine or at least stop the cardio part of it. It is far more intelligent for a pita person to have very regular meals so that they never become too hungry because pita people are the ones who also become hangry. And when we become Hangry, what happens is that we well, all reason goes out the window, and we'll just eat whatever's in front of us. Pita people being very hungry people in general, and have had most probably in youth a strong capacity to eat a big portion, will all of a sudden not be moderate in what they put into their mouth in terms of quantity either. So they will tend to be too hungry, eat anything that's in front of them and eat much more than they actually need. Therefore, it's far more interesting to make sure that they never actually become so hungry. In Ayurveda and in my program, we have a tool that we use from day one for this specific reason. So that we begin to familiarize ourselves with how our hunger levels actually function. Now, when a person is no longer in this fight-or-flight mode that it is when it comes to food, they will cool down their whole system in general. That means that they will be able to look more in a sober way, let's say, at what they do. They will be less intense and they will be able to soften. All of a sudden, maybe eating three meals a day, going for a walk in the morning and then regulate how many hours they're actually going to work in the day and make sure to do something that is just for fun is going to be very important. The work-play balance is something that Peta people needs and find extremely difficult to maintain. Too intense people are not feeling well. This means that they might even have to schedule their day. Now that is something they like, the idea of structure, having a plan to go by so that they control a little bit their experience. They like that. But in that, there needs to be things like play, things like just doing nothing. Something that I've given as an exercise for Pita people to do is to just take half an hour. You set an an alarm so that you know the time, and you put that alarm away from you, and then just sit perfectly still, without an activity to do, without meditating, without reading, without scrolling on a phone, just sitting. Another one would be to just go out for a walk in nature, without a goal. The body will slowly but surely begin to cool down, and the muscles will begin to re-firm, and the mind begins to settle again. And that intensity that actually kind of clouded their intellect will disappear and they will feel really clear-voyant instead. It's really difficult to accept in the beginning and I've met several people where I know for sure that even though I gave them these recommendations, they didn't trust that that could work. Control is really, really a big thing in human's life. And one of the most difficult things to accept is that if what you've been doing up until now hasn't given you the result that you're wishing for, then you probably need to change what you do. I am so grateful that you have chosen to give me some time of your day to listen to this episode. Now, this is all done on my free time. There's no money involved in this podcast. So if you would like to support me somehow, I would love for that to happen. And you could do that by simply rating and reviewing so what that means is that if you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can simply give me five stars review and you can give me a commentary. Obviously, if you feel that it deserves it. Once again, thank you so much and enjoy the listening. Now, if this is something that you recognize for yourself with someone that you know, there's ways out of it and we can work together on it. And I am happy to be there to guide you through it because I've done it before and I've seen the success. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this podcast and this episode. I am very grateful. If you enjoyed this and you think that other people could enjoy this, please help me to spread the word. Share this episode on any channel that you have of social media or messaging. And even more so, I would really appreciate if you know one other person who might benefit from my words today specifically. Take that one minute it takes to simply share this episode with one person. Remember that there's a human being on the other side of your phone, of your earpods of this microphone and I would love to hear your thoughts on what I've been talking about so please leave a comment send me a message directly if you wish this is Charlotte this is me see you next time